Welcome to Wyndham Tech Talks, a podcast series designed to explain and explore the role and impact of Wyndham Tech School in Wyndham and Hobsons Bay. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of Australia, in particular, the Boon Wurrung, Wada Wurrung and Woi Wurrung peoples of the Kulin, where we work, live and play. We extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and their elders, past, present and emerging. Episode 2. In this podcast, you'll meet Brent Richards, Senior Education Improvement Leader for the Southwestern Victorian Region of the Department of Education. Let's find out more. Senior Education Improvement Leader. It's a very flash title, Brent. It is, Kevin. It is. What does it mean? What does it mean? In, it, in its simplest terms, I, I heard it described by a parent the other day as a, as a principal's principal. Right. Uh, but if you're a, a fan of the uh, the Simpsons, perhaps um, think someone like Superintendent Chalmers. So I, I, I look after a group of about uh, 40 schools uh, in the Wyndham area. We've got oh, 40 once our seven new ones come online shortly. So yeah, so I, I help and support principals with their work. I'm a line manager, if you like. Yep. Uh, but it's as the title sounds, it's it's really about education improvement. Yep. So what areas are we talking about? Well, our focus is uh, learning and wellbeing. So we've got what we call FISO 2.0 is our main main work. So sometimes it's around policy advice. Sometimes it's around uh, connections with uh, different community members. Uh, sometimes it's advice around curriculum development. So I, I help them uh, through their strategic planning process. So I'm part of their school reviews. I help them uh, develop their annual implementation plans, which is basically outlines all the, the key, key improvement strategies they're going to implement in a year. Um, we help them monitor them. So I check in with them um, throughout the year on the progress they're making, um, work through their data sets. We also have a, a network executive that's run by principals. Yeah. So I, I'm part of that. So I help them uh, facilitate their network, uh, connect them with different people in the centre or at, at a regional level. Some of my role is I'm also part of the leadership team for the West Melbourne area. So that's a a wider uh, group of networks and so not just our network. And I have some regional responsibilities as well. So right across the Southwest Victoria region. Yeah. So I have some different work around that. Some of the key things we're doing at the moment is around um, disability and inclusion is changing um, the, the funding models. So helping them adjust to that, giving them support, advice, connecting them with the key staff within uh, the area or region. Yeah. yeah. So how do you get that? How did you get that job? Were you a principal, and that was the natural extension of that, or is that not how it works? Usually, yeah, it's not not always. For me, I, I was a principal for twenty years, so I had three of my own schools, and then I was a what's called an executive principal for a few years, and then I took up an acting role here about three years ago and never left. So yeah, yeah it's uh, been a really exciting time through. Of course, you know, transiting through the peak times of COVID. So giving, helping, making sure people had the right policy advice, those kind of connections. We've done a lot of work at the moment around uh, staffing. So helping people with staffing strategies and uh, connecting them with universities and other things like that. Yeah. Was COVID uh, an opportunity to reboot a lot of systems that we had in place that weren't working? 
it was a, I suppose it was a way to really open the box on a lot of things that we hadn't had possibly been sitting there in the background, but people hadn't been using. So, so some of the ones, of course, obviously are um, using things like uh, WebEx and these kinds of tools. So they were always there. Um, people didn't have the pressing need to use them at the time, so they were kind of just sitting in the background. But that really kind of accelerated the use of of things like WebEx, uh, online learning tools. Um, student management systems, even things like uh, screen recorders. So teachers could record a, a lesson and, you know, they could follow their mouse clicking on the on the, on the the screen and yeah. then be able to put that into a nice little package and then kids can upload it or look at it using things like Microsoft Teams, for example. They were always there, but they were sort of – some people were really into them. Um, others were only sort of just scratching the surface. So I think that accelerated – that engagement of all the different, I suppose, technologies that, you know, that were there, but perhaps weren't as um, in a good way, or in a yeah, I think in a good way. We obviously don't want everything to be screen based, yeah. Um, but I think it opened up opportunities that perhaps people hadn't really thought about previously. So they keep using the word pivot in, de- in, <laughs> in department talk, but people really did have to. Take a leap of faith and say, okay, well, this I can't work the way I used to work, so what can I do? And that, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome kind of process. People got really creative and I think found a lot of skills that they didn't think they had. Um, no, I think it's very true in yeah, a lot of industries. Yeah. So I think it was a fantastic opportunity for people to really kind of, I suppose, turbocharge those kind of elements that they didn't know about. And it also got teachers to collaborate in different ways. So, for example, you know, if you wanted to go and um, meet with a group of principals, you usually had to organise it, you had to drive somewhere. Now we have well, what we call pop-ups. So we, we can say, if I can get, if I've got a you know, half a dozen principals raise a similar concern across the network or want to know more about a particular thing, we can sort of put together a pop-up. I can connect with the key people in either central office or other regional areas or interstate, and we can put together a meeting pretty quickly, uh, and they can get the access to, I suppose, the advice or support they need. Flexibility is the other pivot, and flexibility seem to be the words that pop up a lot these days. Yeah, that's it. And I think we we try and keep, I suppose, certain parts of our diary fairly flexible so that we know usually, you know, Wednesday mornings or Wednesday afternoons are, are what we do kind of, we set aside for sort of network activities. So if we need to put something in, I can, you know, give people seven days notice or a bit more if you can. Um, and, and we have these what we call optional check-ins or optional pop-ups and people can jump in and connect in with those. And if, if you think you're okay with that, you don't necessarily need to jump in, you don't have to. So it's, um, it's good in that way. We also use at a network level, we really try and create a network that of the principles for the principles, if you like. So we use a lot of tools like uh, Google Forms and those kinds of things so that when when we have meetings, we get that insight or that, I suppose, that input from our principals about the kinds of things they want to work on. We try and build a, um, a really bespoke offering for them. And sometimes that's for primary, secondary. We have Peter Nines. We also have senior secondaries and specialist schools as well. We have yeah. quite a, a really diverse network. So we try and, I suppose, build a network meeting that has all the things that they want and then we have our exit tickets at the end, which tell us how we went. Um, <laughs> and attendance has been really good, um, and f- yeah, feedback from principals has been uh, really positive. So 
yeah, I think that's a good use of technology that's helped us, you know, better meet the needs of people. Yeah. Tell me about the connection with the the Wyndham Tech School. I've been involved with it for about the last three years. Um, Gail obviously came in about two and a half years ago and has been a real sort of uh, breath of fresh air. She's really accelerated the the growth and connection with Wyndham Tech. It offers a whole range of opportunities and and tasters for kids to have a try, have a look at different things. It obviously connects with um, industry. And for kids, it's not always about VCE, like I know through our senior secondary reforms at the moment, um, you know, lots of kids are exploring vocational opportunities as well. So they can come to this and they can say, oh, you know, look at the way robots are used, for example. Um, And I know one of their partners is a a big welding um, firm that uses robots to weld big things, you know, and so if a kid likes Sure, that's in. a technical well, term. Yeah, big pipes <laughs> and things like that. I, I just see the massive robots doing welding big things on the videos and, and that sort of thing. And I know in here, you know, as a kid, you might think, oh, actually, I hadn't really thought of doing that as a career. But if you come in, have a try, have a look at it, you might think it's a, a the career for you. Gamification is another thing that they yeah. run here. Yeah. My son is a, a bit of a tech nerd and he, he, he does gaming and I, I think he's earned about $200 in the last five years. So I don't know if he's classified as semi-pro or not. I think he thinks he is, but yeah. uh, but he likes that kind of stuff. And um, it showcases ways that kids can make a living and make a business or, or make a life for themselves. And, and I suppose that idea that you can just keep learning. So there's no sort of full stop. Like if you come out of high school, you might go and study at TAFE, you might go and study at uni, um, you might go work for a couple of years and then think, actually, I want to retrain and do something else. So I think the Wyndham Tech School is a great way of showing kids that there's lots of different opportunities for you and you don't have to be fixed in a in a particular lane, if you like, for your yep. for your career. And I think that flexibility of people these days is that they keep their careers keep changing as they go. Like a lot of things, if you're doing something you like it's less work. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like a grind. It doesn't feel like a drag. That's it. Yeah. Look, and also too, like we have a a lot of kids who, through COVID, I suppose, came a bit isolated or um, had uh, you know higher anxiety and those kinds of things. And and they are, like the Wyndham Tech School also connects with some of those kids through some of our um, other programs as well, which is ones called Flip and Navigator and those kinds of things. Yeah. So kids who I suppose had had high anxiety and and struggle to come to mainstream school can also get connections through the Wyndham Tech School where, where they can come in and work with other kids who are in those similar programs. Some of the stories, and I don't know if you've seen some of the the digital books they've written and those kinds of things. So some of them are written by kids who are in our FLIP programs and and those sorts of things. So it's it gives people opportunities that they might not otherwise have had. Yeah. They also do programs for rural kids and Aboriginal kids, for example, who um, might come from regional areas so they can come and connect uh, with some of the programs here over their holidays. Yeah, the the work they're doing with um, problem solving, uh, like the work with um, West Melbourne Water, for example, uh, Western Water, it sets up different challenges and how you might go about them. Do you, how do you program, you know, a little robot to go down a pipe and find out mm. where the problem is? Uh, the Smart Cities program is really interesting, using AI and how you can, I suppose, cater for movement and use of different spaces. I know, for example. It's been hot topics in things like Korea where, you know, if you, if you man- don't manage a situation well, you know, bridges can collapse or people can get all, you know, 
uh, herded into one little area. So as city planners and those kinds of things, you need to think about the different flows, what are the entries, what are the exits, what are the different, how might you respond to different emergencies or things that might happen. So it has a whole range of um, different activities and different partners. Um, I know they're obviously working with our farming community around Werribee. Uh, you don't always think of that these days, but working with Felicia Farms and those others, other They're partners, still there. <laughs> they are, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you drive along the highway and you can see all the sprinklers yeah. going, and but they're actually really big businesses in there with workforce shortages and these things these days. Like often you hear about farmers having to be really technical and sometimes there are their tractors are driven by robots or GPS systems and it's all about measured dosages of this and that and the other. So it's not a non-technical affair these days, um, particularly also around harvesting and distribution and supply chains. Yeah, so there's technology everywhere you go. I, I grew up on a on a dairy farm as a kid, and you know, for me at that time it seemed pretty simple. The cows came in, you milked them, you fed them, <laughs> you made sure they had a drink, you put them in the right paddock, and away they went. But uh, yeah, these days you've there's all kinds of technology that helps you know maximize. Yeah, your outcomes of your, you know, your your milk production, or your how fast your lettuces grow, or you know the cucumbers you might have in a um, hot house, for example, managing all your temperatures and those kinds yeah. of things. So yeah, I think technology is everywhere, and I think getting opportunities to work with partners allows kids to see where it is and and see the kind of thing they might be interested, in. and they might not have been interested until they had a look at it or. Or a taster of it, or a try of it, um, and then they can, you know, apply it in that way. Even um, things like the F one in schools program. I don't know if you've seen any of the work they've done on that, but that's a a real hook, if you like. It's a way to engage kids. So they yep. want to. So they there's teams who design these little um, F one cars. Uh, they have a, a track set up. They host it here now. They have different sponsorships. They have. There's a whole. It's not just you make a car. It's like it's a whole package of things you do. You put it all together, uh, you market your your team. Um, so there's a whole, it's not just, um, you know, show up and plug it in the way you go. Yeah. You've got to design it, you've got to make it, test it. Yeah, so there's all kinds of different opportunities and technology, I suppose, focused and engineering focused um, things that tech schools now give that, you know, we hope that then those kids go back into their own schools and they can get supported with similar sort of programs in their in their schools as well. That's the I guess that's the obvious question. When this new world is opened up to you, uh, all these opportunities are opened up to you, and all these possibilities, you then go back into your high school, and ah, uh, it's not there. Well, we're hoping that it is yeah. there. So, so that this is this is I suppose, and it adds to the programs that we currently have. And that's the challenge, obviously, the principals who you're talking to yeah. that they have is to when when kids come back from their experiences at the tech school, that they go, okay, well, we can do this. Yeah, and I think that's um, also, it's it's with the, the teachers that come in here with the kids as well. Yep. So the, the staff here are really knowledgeable. Um, they share the curriculum Yeah, we spend a lot links. of time talking about the kids, but the staff <laughs> are involved in it equally as well. Absolutely. And a number of the staff here have come from our, our schools and, and hopefully we'll go back into our schools. Yep. Uh, we've got, you know, obviously – with children that come in here during the day, n- numbers of staff come with them. Uh, they run professional learning sessions for them as well. So we're we're hoping it's a it's a a value add in both directions. So we know that when you're building your curriculum for the term or the or the year, yeah. um, you'll have different bookings that you'll want to 
you know, complement your program through coming to the Wyndham Tech School. And some of the work you do here, it has follow-up work that you take with you back into the school, but it's a, it's that two-way street as well. So uh, the staff here will talk to the staff there. How did this work for you? What are you looking for? What are you thinking about for next year? So it's that, yeah, it's that flow in both directions um, that helps enhance both programs, hopefully. Yeah. Seems to have opened up a, a sort of a lot of areas where kids would fall through the cracks. Yeah, or, or kids might be, you know, disengaged. So yep. I think in schools we want to try and find something for everyone. Yeah, that's hard. That's really difficult. It is really difficult, um, but it's it's also not everything has to be grand scale either. Like sometimes there's quite niche things that people do. So if you've got a, a staff member who's got a key interest or if we always talk a lot about student voice, for example, in yep. um, in schools, and that's actually asking the kids what they're interested in, what they know. Sometimes you might have a hunch about that as a, as a school leader or a principal, but you also want to test that with the kids. So sometimes you try things on a smaller scale, that sort of fail small, fail early kind of option, but then come back and you might tweak different programs. So yeah, everything from you know, kitchen garden programs to the different sorts of technology programs, the lab they have here, what they call fab labs, a lot of our schools have their own fab labs. So they're 3D printing things, they're, they're designing things, they're using CAD, um, all those kinds of things flow backwards and forwards. And they have real world um, applications now. I know one of our schools, when COVID started, they had 3D printers. So they started actually printing some of the stuff for the uh, face masks, you know, like the the things that hold the the visors across your eyes and those kinds of things. So they had that technology, so they started doing some of that. You'd be surprised what's actually out there in schools at the moment. Is pushing the boundaries of of, uh, much more than ever before? I I think so. I think a lot of our schools, if you've got a great idea and you take it to your school leader or you'll take it to your teacher and you pitch it to them, they'll often say, okay, well, tell me more about that. They'll, They'll sit and listen to what kids have got to say and they'll say, okay, well, what I'm hearing is this and this, but what you might might not have considered was A, B, or C. So if you get that in place, maybe we could make that happen. That's where we're seeing more and more now. So that's that student voice, those are, I suppose innovative engagement programs. Um, we've got we have a, a robotics program, for example, where um, they work with Lego robots in our primary schools. They have a big um, tournament each year. Uh, the kids design all the different things and. Sometimes they don't always go where they're supposed to go and sometimes they head off into the, you know, off the track. Uh, But it's all part of that learning process. So it's about understanding, designing, programming your robot. Oh, that didn't work. What can I do differently? I need to make it go left instead of right there. So there's there's always, you know, lots of opportunities for people, but it's, it's, uh, and I think schools now are more flexible in the way that they listen to kids where it used to be, you know, stand and deliver. I'd stand up the front of the class. Here's my program. Um, I'm going to teach it. And whether you learn it or not is, you know, something completely yep. different. I think we're much better at collecting data about what kids know and don't know um, and then try and teaching into those gaps. I think that's something that we we do a lot more. And, and we we're more responsive too. I think when, you, when you're covering content and, and kids – uh, discover something or you, you want to explore that further, uh, whether that be about new technologies or you've, you've you know, discovered something in history that's related to something else and that might have, you know, flowed on. Uh, I, I think teachers are more flexible and able to um, respond to those, whether it's through Wikipedia or Google or any kinds of um, information stream that comes their way. Yeah. And clearly the expectation of what they're delivering is is changed as well. It's not 
the three R's and and that old style of, of schooling? Is that is that now where's that sit? There's still a, a a good deal of like you still have to be able to write. Yep. You still have to be able to read. Yep. Um and look, Victoria's reading data is the strongest in Australia at the moment. So it's come back really well through our, our NAPLAN testing last year. Um so because everything is screen based, you still have to read a lot of things, but also to assistive technologies as well now. So I know you can get screen readers. Um, so if you're a kid who's dyslexic, for example, um, you might wear headphones, you might get your iPad and you can look at, you know, you can read a web page, but you can translate into a, a reader mode. So if you write, I think it's read colon at the front of a, um, a web a web web page, it will present it in reader mode. Uh, and then you can use um, different tools like speak and whatever else. So you can listen to it and read along like you're still reading it, but also the, the technology is reading it to you. So that can help your um, comprehension level. Because if you're a kid who's you know dyslexic or you've got ADHD, the words are kind of moving around for you and you have to concentrate so hard you don't get through the, the, the content yeah. um, in the speed you, that you other people might be able to. So things like that are really helping kids learn uh, much better than they have previously. So yeah, there's lots of different ways technology can assist in learning. Also, even like we've opened a, a number of like four new schools in the last um, last week, actually, the minister came and opened four schools here in, um, in Wyndham. And a number of those had, like they've obviously got big screen TVs that they present all their work on, but they also have a sound field kind of program. Uh, so they've got speakers around the room. So for kids who have hearing difficulties, um, yeah. the teacher wears a mic, it transmits it across the school. So it's actually, you don't have to sit right at the front of the class. Everybody can hear clearly throughout the, the classroom. So technologies like that are now really much more commonplace, whereas they used to be, you know, you had to go through a whole process to, you know, get one of those into your school. Mm. Whereas nowadays where we're much more focused to the, the the diverse needs of of students and more able to cater for them. Yeah, Brim, what would you be your, your your advice to anyone who's who's looking around at at you know for their either for their children or the, or their kids looking at you know what their options are when it comes to looking at the tech school? Get on their website, yeah. have a look at the different programs there are there. Uh, I'd be encouraging teachers and principals to look at curriculum offerings for the year. Look at ways, I suppose, um, which particular programs the tech school offering that could really value add to their particular programs. And they are at, you know, different levels. Like, so some of the year seven stuff might be fairly uh, simple, uh, but it progresses pretty quickly. So I think try and, you know, your kids best. So have a look at what what interests them and, and what level they're at, and then think about, okay, if I'm planning this, I think that could really positively support that. And I think it, sometimes it's from the very simplest elements, like they have this kind of BattleBot program. I don't know if you've seen that, where they have they have to design a, a little robot and it's got balloons on it, and then they've got to try and pop other people's balloons and uh, those kinds of things. So, yeah, that that's that's a hook that gets you in, that gets you excited, it gets you a bit of a buzz, and then the next session might be okay. Well, well, that's a basic level of it. So, what's the next level? How else can we apply that at a higher standard? So, yeah, I think that's. That's always, it's the what's next. So one, get them in the door, get them excited, um, get them, obviously, we obviously um, want kids to come to school, we want them to be engaged. And you know, if, that's the, if that's the key thing, the trip to the tech school this week, that's going to get that kid in the door and make sure that they um, show up and participate fully. And, you know, the follow-up activities in the coming weeks might be, you know, 
what really um, energizes them, then build on that, build on that momentum and, and look at other ways that you can further support that. So uh, does that, I hope yeah, that sort yeah, of makes does, sense. Does. Yeah. yeah, it does. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Wyndham Tech School is a STEM centre of excellence, funded by the Department of Education and hosted by Victoria University. And if you'd like to know more, simply visit the website, wyndhamtechschool.vic.edu.au. Have fun until the next time.